Hi, I'm Terry O'Reilly, founder of OBP Australia, a service for overseas-born professionals looking to either get their first job in Australia or advance their career once they're established in their profession. Welcome to the podcast. Each episode, I'll be talking to an ex-OBP Australia client who's been successful in finding employment in Australia. We'll get to hear about their journey and what advice they have for job seekers. Bazzi has more than 15 years experience in the United Arab Emirates and Australia, where he has worked initially as an electronics maintenance engineer, then as a seismic engineer, general field engineer, account manager, and in technical sales, and is now working as a general wireline field engineer. That's an interesting mix of technical and client-facing role experience. I first met Bazzi in 2017, What struck me was his willingness to seek advice and flexibility in how to pursue his career in Australia. Always professional in his approach, he mapped out a strategic pathway to where he is today. So, Bazzi, welcome. Thank you for having me. No problems, and thank you for joining us. Now, we first met in 2017, is that right? That's correct, yes. Take yourself back to when you first arrived in Australia. And tell us about those first few weeks and months. Yeah. Uh, so I came back in 2016, September, and I left the UAE um, to basically start a new life in, in Australia. And um, I came in to the country uh, basically without any uh, plans or any prior knowledge other than Australia um, have a beautiful weather, as we know, um, and there's opportunities around. Um, so when I came, I thought that after being in a in a certain sales field previously for ten years, um, basically I'll be able to uh, look for a similar job um, here in Australia, and um, I had to spend a, a bit more than six months until. I tried to seek help, um, and this is where we've uh, encountered, and thanks to your help, I was able to get back to work. Right. What did you do initially to try and find work in your profession before you met me? Um, I was trying to apply to similar jobs online, mainly. Um, Even when approaching um, companies, was trying to always reach the HR department um, of, an, of a similar field. And yeah, basically just keep applying and, and hoping for the best. That was uh, the strategy at the beginning. And how did that strategy change after we met? After we met, we I realized basically that um, Australia, they look into people with uh, internal uh, referees um, and a previous uh, experience in Australia to be considered. Uh, That's the feeling that I I had. And even, you know, the the approach that I was doing, um, it it wasn't efficient. And yeah, after uh, your directions, I was able to actually direct to the right uh, path, the right people and address um, this Australian experience, um, the, the lack of it, and addressed it 
and was able to overcome it with your help. So that brings us to the next point in that you did an unpaid, a brief unpaid work placement. That's correct? That's correct. That's true. Right. So, so, yeah. tell, tell us a little bit about that. That was facilitated through IBP Australia. So how did that help and what did you do on the placement? Um, so because of coming from a different field, um, I wanted to get into what I studied originally, so electronics and automation. Um, the only way was uh, through doing this uh, training or kind of internship placement. Um, by this way, the, the, the company is able to see what kind of person um, you are and how do you work rather than just a resume that comes in. No one knows how or whether it's all of this is reflects the reality of, uh, of how you work. And when I actually joined in, um, I felt like there was not much of a difference in work environment to how I was back in the UAE. It's kind of similar. It was only the matter of uh, the employer getting familiar with the person, um, seeing how they actually work and, and how to embed into the cultural um, setup in, 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 in the workplace. At the end, uh, every company wants a proper teamwork. And yeah, this is, this is what actually helped me. Um, and at the end, I was able to get the job at the same place. That, that's interesting because uh, you, you've identified that there wasn't a, a huge cultural difference or difference in the way they went about work, but it was more of an employer perception perhaps in Australia that this does exist. Is that right? True, true. Yeah. Um, in Australia, people, um, I mean, we're mainly exposed to the internal. Uh, we don't know exactly how it is. And, and the way it works in Australia, different to other uh, countries, that they rely heavily on references uh, to find out whether the person is right. In other companies, uh, basically a letter from your previous employer can, can be sufficient. And um, or the, their knowledge of the company is also good enough. But in Australia, the way that I saw that unless they know the person um, and, and someone within Australia can actually uh, take them through uh, the, the doubts and questions and, and, and clear these things, yeah, they will be left with assumptions and presumption that uh, what if the person is not the right fit? Right. Yeah. And you had the added difficulty of... Uh, seeking a client-facing role, really, because a lot of your work had been in account management, business development, that sales sort of side of things. How did you find that on the placement? Did you get exposure to clients or was it all internal? Uh, I was actually let into the client offices at the end when they saw the first couple of weeks of how the interaction uh, with me, uh, they felt confident basically to actually um, make me represent them in front of customers. And that was a way to actually prove to them that this person is perfect for the role. Um, and yet gaining their confidence that I can actually uh, perform and um, can represent the company uh, and, uh, at heart and, 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 and actually do be able to achieve the target of what they, what they would need. Right. And clearly they had that confidence in you to offer you ongoing work. You, uh, you, you stayed there for a while. Um, what was the next step? You've had an interesting 
pathway from moving between client facing account management sort of roles, technical roles, but then moving back into field engineering, you, you, you move back and forward, it seems. Is that right? That's true. Um, the only reason, for actually, if anything, I was doing um, a sales role, uh, but as we all know, COVID hit, uh, sales face-to-face uh, -face, uh, interaction with customers were becoming increasingly difficult. And basically due to the lockdowns that we were having in Victoria, uh, extended lockdowns, uh, we actually had to work around it, uh, but it was for so long. And this is where I had to actually rethink um, of how to move forward from this point. And this is when I took the decision basically to go back to the field because we didn't have a sight of when all of this would end. Um, so yeah, I took a turn, but it was a forced turn um, back to what I used to do. Um, but it's still um, within what I know. And it was an opportunity to go back to what I used to work uh, as in the field of oil and gas. And yeah, so this is what I'm currently doing. So what do you prefer? I mean, they're quite different roles, aren't they? Talking to clients and solving problems on site. So, um, I enjoy both. Uh, sales role, interacting with customers, that's, that was my forty when I was even in the oil and gas industry at the end. Uh, and the customers actually, if, if anything, they're multicultural, um, similar to how it is in the UAE, easygoing. Uh, it has its own challenges, so as the engineering. Uh, it's a five-day-per-week uh, job. Um, you'll be concentrating more on, on, on work and then you're having the weekends for your family. Uh, I found the other balance of going back to the field engineer, having a, a roster, uh, so fly in, fly out, um, at the end two weeks with two weeks off. Um, it comes bring to a good balance, uh, work-life balance. Uh, so I, I really don't have a, a preference on which direction. So it was mainly of how the market actually pushed me towards um, uh, to continue, basically. And, 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 and both of them are actually great. You've got the best of both worlds, really, I guess. I'm lucky to say it so, yes. Um, and unfortunately, you know, in the oil and gas, it, it will be an up and down. So even if it, uh, the downturn comes, uh, I still at least have the connection back to um, like technical sales role or in, in the electronics and automation. It's good to have um, a plan and a backup plan. If, if yeah. yeah. So you've, you finished your placement. They offered you work there. You stayed there for a while. What was your next move and, and how did you get that second job, I guess? Uh, the second job, I was actually approached due to the um, interaction and representing uh, the company um, and also my previous experience as account management. So I was doing a technical sales role. Um, the other company required exactly that, but on top of it, to deal with bids and tenders and account management. So they saw a, a perfect fit, you know, doing... Um, both ends, and this is basically where I was uh, pulled and offered uh, a better uh, opportunity or better offer uh, in the next pool. So the, the, the starting was really good, 
Um, but know that even if you start at a basic level, uh, things improve uh, down for you down the line. Yeah, and it brings us to an interesting point because that, that second employer already knew you, correct? That's correct, yes. Mm. So, so low risk for the employer, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And it, we represented, I mean, their, their products even in the same way. Um, so the interaction was there, they knew the person. And this is where the sales role maybe kind of exposed me to uh, different companies and, 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 and that actually opened better door uh, or better opportunities. Yeah, right. Let's look at your current role. You, you mentioned before that you do some FIFO work, fly in, fly out. You, you're traveling to uh, an oil rig. Just tell us what a typical day is like out in the field. Uh, in the field, we work on a 12-hour shift. Um, unlike how it is overseas, where it can even extend beyond the 12. So the, they really look after the safety of people. Um, so doing a 12-hour shift, um, that gives you the time to rest up and, and be ready. And that's a continuous um, uh, job. So every, every day, uh, it's never repetitive, uh, always something new. And the best thing in, in this the focus on safety of people that was that's the main thing um other than that in my role um which i enjoy doing is i get to do the exploration part of checking what is exactly in their wells and when we have um positive uh outcomes from the from the for example their wells and 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 give, delivering that news to them if it is a, a positive, that actually brings the joy back to myself that, you know, I was part of their success. Sure. It's always good to be part of a successful team and it, it's, it's great for your professional development, but also um, just for yourself as a human. So let's go back even further. You were here for about six months before we met. Um, think back before you actually left uh, the Emirates. What yeah. did you know about Australia before? Uh, so Australia, what I knew that it's a place of opportunities. Uh, that, that was an impression that I had, and it is still. Um, and they have beautiful weather. I had another option, basically either Canada or Australia, but weather-wise, it's you cannot compare. Um, over there, it's... Uh, Extra freezing <laughs> temperature, which, uh, coming from a hot temperature uh, uh, country, it, it, I, can't, I wouldn't be able to adapt easily as I adapted here. So I didn't see much of a difference uh, in that. And another thing, um, as I know that the focus on family and work-life balance is is one of the main things that Australia is, um, which is compared to how it's in the Emirates or other places, uh, I think Australia is, is, is doing really well in that. And you chose Melbourne as your destination city? Correct, yes. Why, why was that? Um, I actually landed in Perth at first. Um, I was looking for a job uh, and there in the oil and gas, now 2016, the oil industry was down. Um, so I had to look into other uh, main cities to find uh, better opportunities. 
And I found that between Sydney and Melbourne uh, were the highest uh, job uh, posting and, and opportunities. Uh, Sydney, as I, as I saw it or when I visited, it was overly expensive and overly crowded. Melbourne actually balanced all of this. So you have the good job ratio and good weather, uh, less expensive than, than Sydney. And yeah, that, we, we, ever since I came here, I actually saw that this is the place that I would want to. And I've actually built my house right now and I'm right. Moving. Yeah, sometimes Melbourne doesn't really feel like a big city sometimes, does it? But compared to, say, Sydney or other large cities of the world, it, it just doesn't really sit up there, I don't think. No, the, it, it's not as crowded as I felt. Like in Sydney, everyone's cramped, you know, you see the traffic's down the roads. And uh, over here, there's always a way around it. So I, I, I live on the west side of Melbourne. Um 30 minutes away from the city and if, if any cultural buzz in, in, in there, so it's easy to reach. But at the same time, the suburb is widely spread. You have a, a bigger space, um, greener space. You Even the traffic isn't as bad. So yes, uh, that's why we love uh, yeah. Melbourne. So you knew a bit about the climate, about the country. Did you do any research about how to find a job before you came? Um, unfortunately, I did not. Uh, it, it was all based on assumptions, uh, which is one of the biggest regrets I had. Um, and yeah, not knowing how to approach it and thinking that it will be similar to how it is in the Emirates, um, that actually set me back longer uh, looking for a job and that's hence why the six month gap and until I realized that I have to seek help and I'm really glad that I found OPP and I found you. Right so that difference between your prior knowledge or, or lack of the knowledge in relation to getting a job and the reality once you arrived in Australia what are some of the things that were unexpected that you thought well I didn't think I'd have to do this or you know, uh, perhaps it would have been good to do this, or what was challenging, I guess, in, in the job-seeking process? Uh, I'll just take it one step back. In the job-seeking is basically to find where do you want to settle. That was one of a delaying factor for me um, in the job-seeking part. So basically, which city to settle in, where to find the better job. Uh, if I had the research pr prior to um, coming in, at least I have a plan, it will be a faster settling and then uh, being able to apply directly to a jobs. So yeah, there was a bit of time I wish that I uh, researched it before and I, I'm, I'm sure I would conclude the same way is to settle in Melbourne for my case, uh, but rather than going to Perth and trying it. Um, another thing is the expenses. Um, again, if we, I know exactly where to stay, I would plan my accommodation. Uh, so at the beginning, I was uh, jumping between, you know, a hotel or uh, uh, Airbnb uh, because I wasn't sure where I will be staying, and that added to the expenses. Another thing, doing so, um, not planning your meals, relying heavily on outside food, that actually drains your um, savings quicker. 
so again, a pre-plan on, on all of these would save you a lot of uh, stress that comes with it. Um, and did, did you know anybody here? That's another thing I did not. Um, that's the, the, hard. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's one recommendation I have it to anyone who comes in. Uh, there is no seek help or seek someone that um, can guide you through things. It, it can be from easy where to uh, live and, and where to look at things or where to buy your groceries, these sort of things. If you don't know, um, you would assume and, and directly put yourself in additional stress. And that's exactly what happened to me six months um, it was getting stressful by the month. And I think you mm-hmm. remember by the time I came to you, it was actually felt a bit hopeless. Um, not after even knowing that I was in that working prior to this for 10 years, um, doing uh, multiple roles, even to reach an account management, but yet I couldn't find a job in Australia. That was a bit of a, a shock to myself. To myself. Mm. And just, I know, the clients that I have are, who are still overseas and are about to arrive, it's really important to introduce them to people in the city that they're about to arrive in um, and from their profession. But being in the city, you can get advice on the cost of rent in different suburbs um, and, and what's current at the moment because things do change. Um, sure. So it's important to, to make that contact early if you can and you didn't have that. That the thing about eating into your savings is really important too, because I don't think people often don't appreciate how expensive it is here, particularly when you're not getting an income. True. Um, yeah. So that that's lot, all good advice. A lot of people will will have will be pushed to go into a survival jobs, and some people can even get in the survival job because they're they're not trying to um, come out or, or they don't know exactly how to come out of it and, and, and move. So I, I, I tried as much as possible to avoid it, but even though not necessarily survival jobs are bad, if anything, survival job can even give you a, ref, a referee that will be required for your future jobs. Um, so it is, not, it is not bad, but again, as you said, you, you can go through your saving really quick and being an immigrant uh, to here, uh, even if you come in as a PR, which is for my case, uh, the welfare system doesn't kick in until after 24 months passed. Um, so again, you'll have to rely on your savings to survive through until you find the next job. Yeah, that, that's an important point, the survival job being one, very useful. It's also useful, I think, in helping people develop their English communication skills in a, in a new environment, even though your English may be excellent. It's quite different, isn't it? When you're talking to people in the street or dealing with customers, they're using an English or varieties of English that are not what people are familiar with, correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, so we, it, will, it will help the person to actually get exposed and, and, and understand it uh, of how the way of talking and the interaction, basically, that that another thing, and the culture, it, it gives them the exposure. Mm. Uh, but as, as it's as it is, a survival job is a survival job. It shouldn't be that where people will just move on and think that this is it. That's uh, right, and it, and it can be 
you know, a crutch, something you can depend on. It is an income. And the longer you stay in it, the harder it is to get out. I mean, only a couple of weeks ago, I had a prospective client come to me who was a civil engineer. And I said, what are you doing at the moment? And he said he was in a 7-Eleven. Uh, the last time he had worked in his profession was 11 years ago. Now, unfortunately, he's no longer a civil engineer because of that. It's just too long. So, so it can be personal circumstances that can prevent you from initially taking that step back into your profession. But as you've done, that, that focus and that determination to get a good job in your profession is really critical in the earlier stages because the longer it goes on, the harder it gets. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, so that that's good. All right. Um, so you, you mentioned a little bit about the culture. You worked in the UAE, so I'm assuming that there are a lot of expats over there. You have people from all over the world, correct? Yes. And the working language is English, is that right? Yes, the main language is English, yeah, among the expats. Yep. And so you've arrived in Australia. You're, you've had a few jobs. What are some of the differences in both broader culture and in the work culture in Australia that you can share with people? Um, Work-life balance, this is one of the main difference uh, between Emirates and here. The focus here is more on the work-life balance and the family. Um, if anything, family loves it, um, it, it being in here due to the schooling system, um, which is even better uh, than it is in, 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 in overseas in many other countries. And also the focus of uh, kids' development and the interaction with other kids and other families. Um, if anything, I saw a big difference between that, uh, the focus to, on family and no focus on work life compared to overseas. Are your kids at school age? Um, my daughter is at kinder, um, and the second one is at childcare. Um, yeah, the, the, the focus on their activities and uh, actually, if anything, they love it. Um, and, and yeah, well, we, we find a big difference of how it is compared to uh, overseas. And, and the best thing is employers here do understand um, that if you, if you have a family and you have kids, you have your um, schooling, uh, pick up and drop off timing. Um, so a lot of, that's why I mentioned the focus on the family. Uh, since they understand this, they would work around uh, your requirements to basically uh, fulfill to for your family. Right. Yeah. And I think one other thing you might find when the kids start primary school is that your social networks broaden as well and your partner um, because there's so much activity at a primary school and parents are encouraged to get involved with school fates and you know helping out around the school and so on it's where you can make some lifetime friends is with other parents of kids and I think when most people arrive there before that stage of their life I think most people either don't have children or they have very young children so it's people can feel a little bit uh, left out of the social aspect of living in a new country but once school starts that completely changes so that's something to look forward to as well absolutely i look forward to it too uh, as you said i came in uh, i didn't have any kids at the beginning uh, but yeah as i 
and I'm glad actually, if anything, having kids here is really perfect for, for them. And the, the system actually set up here for really a, a, a good work, uh, life balance, good family environment. And I, if anything, I'm seeing how the primary schools are, are afterwards the involvement because they, they're introducing it to us at kinder stage. So they are asking us for their involvement, encouraging kids uh, to be themselves and, and if anything, develop to a better. Right. And, and at work, uh, some people talk about difficulty fitting in initially. They, uh, their colleagues are talking about things that they don't know about, they don't understand, not familiar with, haven't grown up with that same uh, context. What do people talk about at work, apart from the work itself? What, what's the conversation? Uh, so conversation is mainly about the future or um, a lot of people, you know, thinking that um, either career-wise or family, um, what, what they want to do in, in, in um, to basically improve their lifestyle or um, to get their kids basically involved in other activities uh, or broaden uh, their knowledge, either in language or sports. Uh, one thing, sport is one of the key, and every, every Australian I met are passionate about the Australian football, and that's that's one of uh, a first starter talks. Do you have a team? I do, uh, which is the uh, team that I won in 2016, uh, the Western Bulldogs. Ah. <laughs> that was the first and last time, and I'm hoping that they will come back. Well, they've had more success than my team, which is St. Kilda. The last time we won was in 1966, oh, wow. uh, and I was one year old, so I didn't see that one. But uh, that's great. So do you like football? Uh, I'm, I'm loving it. It's it's more about the interaction. Uh, the sport itself is beautiful. I mean, it uh, it's great. But coming from a place, you know, in the Emirates where everything is about soccer, um, so and add an addition to that was great. Um, and, and seeing the passion in, in, in the people is, was, is even better. So the environment and the, the discussions that goes around it, and actually, if anything, the sport itself is, is really nice. Do you barrack for the Bulldogs because you live in the west of Melbourne? <laughs> uh, if anything, because I came in 2016, um, oh, okay. they were the winning team. And also to add, because I live on the Western side, yes. So, I yeah. so many people don't know the history of the game. It was basically a suburban Melbourne game. So many of the teams are suburbs of Melbourne. Uh, it's a national game now, but uh, a lot of people still barrack for the side that represents their part of the town. Uh, have you been to a game? Uh, I've been once, uh, again, to the Bulldog team. Um, it was back in 2018. Um, it, it was interesting that the environment there, it's, it's a must-do, basically, at least attend one of them, and, and you will know what, uh, what, what is the, all this puzzle about, uh, as, I, as I may say. Yeah. It's, it's a great... Well, they're going to have a good year next year. They've got a... a huge bunch of young very talented kids who are about to explode i think so the next few years are good for for the western bulldogs uh well that's fantastic excellent news and congratulations on all the success you've had in australia both at work uh, your social life and family and everything that's going on there just finishing up what advice do you have for somebody 
who is either about to come to Australia or who's recently arrived and feels a little bit lost and panicky and maybe frustrated? Uh, do your research uh, if you are outside Australia before coming. That's, that's one. And if you are here or even before, seek help uh, because you'll be surprised that with the help, it, it, it can help you. Um, and, and this is what I felt. Um, and I wish I did this rather than waiting the six months trying to do things on my own. That's great advice. Thanks for joining us today, Bazzi, and good luck for the future. Thank you, Terry. And to you too. OBP Australia provides guidance and support with job applications and approaching employers, industry awareness, interview coaching, and language and communication. You'll also be introduced to your professional peers already working in Australia, so you can get the lowdown on what's happening in your industry or profession. If you're looking for guidance and support to find your next job, email me at terry at obpaustralia.com.au. Let's talk. Thank you.